Welcome to Side Talks. Wrap us in. Can you wrap us in? <laughs> I think that's a no. I don't think I can. Oh my God, you put me on the spot. Um, Next time, but, Corey, have a wrap. Oh Jesus. Um, this is Side Talks. I I I I'm Corey. That's my wrap. Yo, I'm I can't do it. I'm just the whitest person alive. My name's Corey Kraft. I'm Rachel Morgan, and this is Side Talks, and it's a podcast about movies. Thankfully, it's a podcast about movies and not about rap. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Five-minute fight. It's all that time. All right, I've got. I'm cracking my knuckles here. Okay. Let's let's do it. But I have a little something to say first. Okay. So we recently had a five-minute fight about the film um, "Blue Is the Warmest Color." That's right. And I just wanted to point out, I mean, you know, I feel like I, I feel like I fair and square won that fight, but whatever. I mean, Sam's going to Sam. But I wanted to point something out, which is that it really, I mean, one of the great things about films and, and us arguing and all this kind of stuff is that I really spent some time thinking about, you know, your, I actually spend time thinking about your criticisms uh-huh. and your comments and, and thinking about my own a lot, too, of course. Um, and one of the things I kind of wanted to point out, it's not, it's not to like, you know, just, it's not to push the fight a particular direction, but it's just to say that it is interesting uh-huh. that, you know, a lot of people hang a lot on that one scene, which I think is valid. Like, do not get me wrong. I think that one scene is, is super problematic, but there's another scene in this film that I hang a lot on. Okay. And it is a scene where she's sleeping on a park bench. Uh-huh. It's after the breakup. Yeah. Um, and it's just this wonderful you know, quiet scene of her just sleeping on the park bench where they've spent a lot of time. Yeah. And that particular shot and where it lands in the film to me is insanely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I just had this thought of like, how much does one scene weigh either direction? Yeah. Right. And I will say that I think that where I will admit that, you know, or I'm not going to say I admit fault because I'm not going to admit fault, <laughs> but I will say that I probably put a lot of weight in a couple of shots in that film, that being one of them that really sort of puts me over the edge with it. I think that that particular scene and that particular sort of seek montage, so to speak, and that particular shot is just amazing and, and just heartbreaking in this way that visual storytelling can be. So anyway, that's all. No, that's fair. Yeah, that's so, fair. It's a, like a five minute thought anyway okay let's fight i mean let's do what we're here to do all right yeah let's not agree that each other made good points because that's not why we're here that's just stupid in a previous episode we talked about in a filmmaker lightning round the films of tim burton and we happened upon the fact that you really hate his movie big fish a movie i really like so let's get at it what's your deal start the timer please um, okay, oh, so you want me to start on this? Yeah, the start jam, this thing is hokey as hell. Mm. This thing is one of those situations where you know it's really difficult. This is where I'll give a little cred. It's really difficult to adapt a book. Yes, and this is an adaptation that doesn't work. It's trying to cover too much time from like pre Great Depression to like mo- what we modern day in quotes or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It covers way too much time. It doesn't do well. It's all on the surface. It's a, another white boy daddy story that you know how I feel about those. Mm. It's it's thinks it's magical, but it's not really magical. It's just kind of a bummer. Mm. I just all and and you know here's the thing about Burton too. It's like I come out of the gate, you know, much much younger me comes out of the gate loving Burton, going oh this is this is a great film and that's a great film and you know Beetlejuice is a great film and Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a great film and keep keep them hitting them out of the park and then you start getting around this era and it's like what happened? You're so out of touch. 
You kind of suck. You're overly confident. Not kind of. You suck. You're overly confident. You think that you're more special than you are. I can keep going, but go ahead and get a word on Edgewise here. Well, I mean, you point out uh, daddy issues as if that's something new to Burton's filmography. All of his films seem to be to one degree or another, about people who are trying to please their fathers. I mean, coming from Tim Burton, who, you know, notoriously had a strained relationship with his parents because he was a, you know, little boy weirdo. Um, you know, that's that should hardly be a surprise. Big Fish is a movie that works for me emotionally. I'll admit that I haven't seen it in fully a decade. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Um, what hangs in my memory about it, just as you just described the blue as the warmest color, that single shot that really does a lot for you, the ending of this movie, where it all comes together in this this culminating story that not the, the father's been telling his son stories this whole movie. It's the son's turn to tell his father a story of the end of the father's life with all of these sort of characters from these shaggy dog stories returning in one sort of final curtain call. And to me, that is one of the most emotional moments in Burton's entire filmography, and it makes the entire film worth it. Bummer. Well, it no. is such a dud. It it mm. is overly sentimental. Mm. Women are only around to be like courted. It yeah, is, but that's like a Burton uh, thing. I, oh, okay. Well, that makes it all right. No, then. just I mean, also, like, it's just Alabama. we have to acknowledge that like that is a okay, weakness well, he should of have Timber. worked out his daddy issues by now. I'm not here for it. And then in addition to that, it's Alabama, but everybody's white. There's like one non-white person. Again, that's, that's a weakness also, for Tim Burton. I'll, yeah. I, I'll grant you that. Okay, that's, so that's Tim true. Burton has daddy issues and just likes white people and, 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 and ladies chasing after ladies. Yeah. And I'm done with it. I just feel bored as hell with this thing. And again, he's overly. I feel like he's directing from an overly confident position. It's like, I'm going to make the most magical, beautiful film. And it's not, man. It's not. It's fine. Like it, it's, not, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it is just a bit of a bummer. And it's not as special as it thinks it is. Albert Finney's performance is great. <laughs> Jessica Lange's performance is great. Um, it's a little over the top. Ewan McGregor is kind of iffy, especially with his accent. Um, uh, yeah, let's and, go and, there. You know, I'll, I'll just say, like, the, the central performance from Billy Crudup as the son, who is just like, I hate you, you delightful old man, is, is kind <laughs> of, like, structurally kind of a bummer, like you said. But again, the whole thing is pays off like a slot machine when you get to that ending it does Um, i left being like i roll also i think it's a beautiful looking movie you say he's you know overly confident as a director i think it's one of his more assured films uh there's some really striking images oh i disagree i think it's a very pretty pretty movie it thinks it is everything about it just sort of hits to me like i don't believe it so you're not not gonna go get your um graduation photos taken at that uh, small town they built for the movie. Spectre? Yeah. I have been there. It was fine. I enjoyed my trip there. Even at, we were pulled over by the police on the drive there. Is um, that why you and, hate this movie? I, I, no, I was going to say, I enjoyed being pulled over by the police on the way there. That was more memorable to, memorable to me and more enjoyable than this film. That can't possibly be <laughs> you true. You weren't there, so you that don't know. That can't possibly be true. Uh, the, the score for this thing is really good. It's I fine. Just, you know, I, I'm a sucker for these sort of rambling yep. picaresque stories like the curious case of benjamin button oh, or something okay. like that sam oh, oh are we gonna mark that <laughs> oh, one sam. oh because I, I, I will take oh, your man. fucking head off over the curious oh, case of oh, benjamin you button hear you hear me get fired up <laughs> everybody this is this is where i get mad don't what you come bummer. at my don't you come at my 
my beloved oh, my Benjamin, Benjamin Button. Button. Yeah. The name alone says it all. Whatever. Put it on the Whatever. list. Put it, on the, put it on the damn list. You know I'm ready went... to fight about it. Now let's just transition to that. Start the timer <laughs> again. I'll just. This is getting like the view. Yeah. This is just. This is just old bitties yelling yeah, at you're, each you're, other. Yeah, you're Megan McCain in this. <laughs> a killjoy. Uh, time's oh, up. All right. Thank gosh. Big Sam. Fish is good. <laughs> I'm scared to touch this one. He's bombed it's out. a live wire. He's bombed out. <laughs> I hate you, you delightful old man. <laughs> Corey, uh, you should do voice acting. Okay, Rachel says it's hokey as hell, too much time, too ambitious, just another white boy daddy story. It's all true. Corey says it works for him emotionally, but Rachel says it's not really magical. It's just kind of a bummer. I'm going to give a lot of points to Corey for just basically feeling emotions. Rachel loses <laughs> a lot of points for just being an emotionless robot, even though it's an emotionless robot with very valid arguments about this film. And I'm going to say the movie itself also loses points for becoming the go-to filmed in Alabama film because there are just yep. so many others. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's probably not as pretty as you think it is, or not as pretty as you remember it being. Yep. And also, for the record, I really haven't ever seen this, even though I lived <laughs> in Alabama. Um, but based on the title alone, I'm just going to tell you to go watch Shape of Water instead. Agreed. <laughs> wow, I think I just won that. Uh, yeah, Are you okay? Yeah, I, th- I think you did. Um, Finally. But, yeah, whatever. I'm warning you. Okay. I'm warning you. All right. What's the There it is. What indeed. <laughs> that one went really wild. Okay. I'm on the tread. Okay. I'm looking at the screen. You're going to try to guess this film. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just going to describe it as I see it. Okay. It's a city street. Uh-huh. There's men in tuxes. Mm. Handsome men in tuxes. Mm. They run up on someone and they pummel him. Okay. And they drag him into a tire warehouse. I told you it's what's this shit. Okay. I was like, why is it to be a tire warehouse? Um, and then they began to rough this gentleman up. Um, do you know what this is? Not yet. I feel like you're going to when I tell you that then appears out of nowhere the one and only Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell? You are not on your game. In a, in a movie where a bunch of dudes in tuxes beat somebody up, drag him into a tire warehouse. That this person- sounds like it. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. It, it sounds like it could be any number of the post pulp fiction like yeah. crime film boom things. The person they're beating up is a what looks to be a fairly young Clive Owen. Oh. Owens. Clive Owen, Malcolm McDowell, kind of a crime film. Is is this a Guy Ritchie thing? Or is it like a Guy Ritchie copycat? You guess a, you want to guess a title? No, cuz I don't think Clive Owen is any in any Guy Ritchie movies. All right. Well, let's pause for a second because anybody who doesn't, who wants to wait and kind of figure it out or whatever, ding, 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 it's, um, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I never saw that movie. Okay. Well, now does that, does that description make you want to see it? Because I mean, it doesn't no. make me want to see it. So it was, so that, that's, that movie was, um, a not very hot DVD release when I worked at the Hollywood video, uh, in Vestavia Hills, rest in peace, Hollywood video. I miss you. Um, and I would see it on the new new release shelf because I think it came out right around the time I started working there. And I was like, Clive Owen, huh? Well, people say that movie's good. And then I'd put it back on the shelf. Well, maybe you should watch it. And also maybe you need to get your shit together because this yeah, is a lot in a evidently. row. That, and really, you didn't you didn't really get Fred Claus. Like, you no, kind of got didn't. Fred Claus. I didn't. But you, you're, yeah, Ugh. I mean, you're drawn from us from a pool of movies that I just haven't seen. 
Well, like I thought this was, you know, I, I guess it says something when, you know, you're actually at the, the cardio cinema and all the greasers put on like dumb big blockbusters. You know? I've seen all those dumb big blockbusters, but you start getting into like granular indie stuff like Fred Claus and I'm lost. <laughs> the grand old indie that is known as Fred Claus. Um, I'll try to get more blockbuster. I mean, you don't have I, to. I, I, mean, I, I, just enjoy, I enjoy the challenge. Well, I enjoy the challenge. But I think you need to get. I think I think you need to be best. I think I need you to need watch to be best. more movies. I think that's what we are learning here today is that I just haven't seen enough movies. Um, so I, I'll have to send a text to my wife, quit my job, and just really get on this and start. You know, because my win loss ratio. It's getting out of control. It's getting here. out of control. It really, really is. Yeah. But you know, everybody has a losing streak. Everybody has a losing streak every once in a while. So are so, you? So is this my losing streak? Has my losing so. streak let's started? Let's hope that, that in the future. Wait, that why are we hoping this? I don't want to. I don't hope I'm, for this. I'm saying I'm hoping that it's just that's all it is, and that this oh, that it, it ends this comes two, to an end soon. Two or three? Because I missed one last time too. I know. Three sixty. Good gracious! Uh, this is a uh, crisis even, of confidence you know all of a sudden. Even Roll Tide loses sometimes. Oh no, they don't. Well, not this year. Well, anyway, Roll Tide. That about does it for Side Talks. We're going to sign off here. We're your own personal cinematic, David Addison and Maddie Hayes. I don't understand that reference. Moonlighting stranger. Yeah. I, I, this on the way. You know, Can the, we get the, a little moonlighting music on the way out of this? I think that would be perfect. That one, a little before my time. Oh, come on. It is. As if half the shit you watch isn't before your time. Yeah, I know that, but like, where's Moonlighting playing? Robert Altman, a little before my time. Well, okay, fair enough. But like, you know, it's one of those episodic television series. like SidewalkFest.com. Thank you to Batwell Studios. Yeah, all of that is true. We, We should stop talking about Moonlighting. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.